0: Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. Burns and Gambo starts now.
1: Straight up,
0: two o'clock.
2: On this Friday afternoon, good afternoon and welcome into today's edition of the Burns and Gambo Show here on Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. My name is Dave Burns alongside the one, the only Tim Ring filling in for Gambo today here on Burns and Gambo. You like it when I do that, don't you? I do. I do like getting the one and only
0: (laughs) because my mother always told me I am the one and only. So that's why you walk around all spoiled like that, right? That's
2: why you walk around thinking you're just all that and a side of slog.
0: Hey, it's your mom's fault. Hey, right? Mr. Rogers also told me the same thing, buddy.
1: (laughs) Are are we talking about the same person here? You feel feel like you're describing somebody else.
0: (laughs) Hey, man, let me tell you this. There There is no better day to start a week of work on the Burns and Gambo show. Yeah. Than a Friday. <laughs> because it's over? Yes. <laughs> no, I thought you were going to say, there's no better day
2: to start a week's worth of work when it's Mitch Fereldis' birthday. <laughs> Happy
0: birthday, Mitchie. Mim- birthday, Mitch. Happy, Happy birthday, Mitch. Happy birthday. I'd, ask,
2: I'd have you play a birthday song, but you're the one who's playing it, so that'd be kind of weird. Yeah, that ain't happening. But yeah, don't play a birthday song for yourself. How, how, how old are you today? 27.
0: Wow. Oh, my God. <laughs> <laughs> right? Right? <laughs> Twenty-seven. 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 Man. Man. We're re
1: enjuvenating We're yeah. re-invigorating the youth I of the people. Eric found the birthday song bam, for me. Bam, bam, bam. You know I can turn you off too, uh, right? <laughs> do it. Oh, come on. I was enjoying the jam. I'll stop, I'll stop.
2: Happy birthday, Mitch! Thank you for coming into work on your birthday. Uh, but there are uh, nothing bunt cakes, and I, I brought in uh, I brought in a little Chick Fil A for you too, so we're all good. Um, unfortunately, today has been just as complicated and convoluted as every day this past week has been for the Arizona Cardinals. Let's weigh in on what is our top story of the day here on the Burns and Gambo Show.
0: Burns and Gambo, the weigh in, brought to you by Revitalize Weight Loss Shield. Petiti
2: filing a request for arbitration with the National Football League on behalf of Coach Sean Cooler. That's the name of a law firm filed a request for arbitration on December 14th, citing multiple claims against the Arizona Cardinals on behalf of their former offensive line coach and run game coordinator, Sean Kugler. Of course, we'll remember that Sean Kugler was sent home from Mexico City hours before the Cardinals were set to play the 49ers in Mexico City. He was not there. He did not coach the team uh, because there were allegations of improprieties when he was on the road with the team in Mexico City. Quote, the allegations against Coach Kugler are simply untrue and have caused Sean, his wife, and family enormous personal and professional damage. Coach and his family have been desperate to understand from the Cardinals' front office and others what rationale or evidence was used to terminate him for cause. One more statement from Coach Kugler himself, quote, respecting women is a core value for me and something I have instilled in my children and that the players I coach. The mysterious allegations by the Cardinals are untrue, and I want to clear my name. Be it a miscommunication or mistaken identity, my family and I will cooperate fully and honestly with, honestly with the NFL, Cardinals, or any other agency to get to the truth in this matter and restore my reputation, close quote.
0: Well, the plot certainly thickens, does it not? does. And it, it also makes it extremely confusing. Makes it extremely confusing. Now, I think Bernsey before we even go on the cardinals have also released a statement so why don't we give that yes. before we and and listen there's not a whole lot we can say because we just don't know a whole lot right but what let's give the cardinal statement course. and then kind of all sides must be presented on this. You're absolutely yeah.
2: right. Cardinals released a statement shortly after these allegations, shortly before this lawsuit was made known. Quote As an ongoing legal matter, we are going to refrain from comment other than to say that the team is confident the process will result in a much different set of facts than those presented today and that it had good cause to terminate Mr. Kugler's employment. Cliff Kingsbury, close quote, by the way. Cliff Kingsbury was asked about it today.
1: Do you want
0: to comment on Sean's arbitration claim? Uh, I was just briefed by Mark, and, and so he said we put out a statement. I'll just leave it at that. Yeah, yeah. You know, it's interesting. Okay, so you know, this happens about a month ago, and fact, Sean Kugler was sent home, has not said anything publicly, lawyered up, got with his legal team, and has now... Filed for arbitration and now maintains his innocence. Says he was not even approached by the Cardinals in Mexico to get his side of the story. Says that he has respect for women and blamed, okay, uh, mistaken identity, maybe, or miscommunication. So whatever happened in Mexico, allegedly, with the women was a case of miscommunication. In other words, whatever I did was was taken wrong. Again, I'm trying to piece this together just from the facts that we have from mm-hmm. the statement. Mm-hmm. Or mistaken identity, which means, you know, not to make light, but it's the shaggy defense. It wasn't me. Right? Right? It was somebody else. It was somebody else. That's what we have there. The Cardinals come out and say, we're confident when the facts come out what was presented today by Sean Kugler and his team was not accurate. We were joking before the show, Bernsey, on the playground. The Cardinal statement really is, yeah, what Sean Coogler said today is bull crap. Yeah. And we'll use a different word on the playground, but that's what I'm that's yeah. what I'm hearing out of the Cardinals. Oh yeah. And 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 once the facts come out, we will prove that. It's a very polite legal way of saying, yeah, "Yeah,
2: you're wrong. We're right. You're wrong. And we'll find out who's full of of it. Yeah, right. Full of
0: crap. I think
2: in a very legal way, it's,
0: it's 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 interesting because, you know, we, we sit here on the radio, and we're blessed to do what we do, and we get to talk about sports, and we get to talk about issues at times. Yes. But they're really putting us in a tough position here to have to talk about this today, I really got to say. Because we don't know what happened in Mexico. Right. We're talking about victims. We're talking about families. We're talking about two men here involved. We're talking about a lot of stuff that we just don't have the facts on, and now we got to sit here and try to speculate and we can't really speculate, so we can't even do that, right? Because because it would be we can't because it would be irresponsible to
2: do so. We just don't know. Someone's right, someone's wrong, someone's telling the truth, someone's not, and we don't
0: know who's who. We don't. And I'm glad. Uh, and I'm glad you said that because, and you said it a lot nicer than I am. Because to me, somebody's lying his ass off right now. Yeah. that's what bothers me about it. Through 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 all of this stuff, somebody is full of it, and we don't know who. We we. We don't know who. We well, don't know who. Somebody is. Somebody and, is.
2: And, Somebody's and, not telling the truth. And to me, and 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 you're right, it, it, at the end of the day, there is only so much that can be said about this because there's there's just a there's a finite amount of knowledge that we have about it. We've basically told you everything that we know about this, okay? For me, it just speaks to something that has been spoken about for a long, long time, and that is just... Another brick in the wall of what has become the messiest, ugliest, nastiest season in recent memory for the Arizona Cardinals. Maybe for any organization in the valley. Right? I mean, like it's it's oh my god! it's 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 just another one. And that and that to me is the one thing where it's like it's it's. It's one of those, you almost dare the universe to pile more on your plate when you say, oh, well, what else, you know? Oh, this, this is rock bottom, and then we just keep digging and finding another layer of shale underneath, right? What next, universe? What else you got? Well, here's Sean Kugler and here's Steve Kime, and here's this, and here's that. This season, it can't end soon enough for everybody involved. We got, what, four
0: Four games left? And guess yeah. what? After the four games, Bernsey, it's it the drama's not ending. Oh no, of course not. There's plenty oh, of course it. not. Yeah, and I, and I know I I'm mean, I know
2: I'm speaking the obvious when I say this, but it, it's just it really is sort of one of these you kind of throw your hands up in the air and you say, What else? What else? I mean like like what what's next? What's gonna happen next week? What's gonna happen two weeks? I mean just think about everything that's transpired. Just this week alone, between Monday night with Kyler, Wednesday with Steve, Friday with Kugler, like what else could possibly happen? And every time that thought flops in your head, you think to yourself, "I'm like daring the universe to have something else happen by
0: wondering what what next is going to happen." You're Mike Bidwill. You're sitting there in your office or your home, and you're going, "Okay." It's on me to it's on me to fix this, or at least get this back on the right track and begin the healing process and begin the rebuilding process. What am I going to do? And it begins in a way. It almost begins right now. You, you don't you don't wait until the final gun of the last game, week eighteen, game number seventeen. That thought process has to begin already, and it probably has. Dave I mean this yes because the the, the the NFL train is rolling down the tracks yeah. even though you're not gonna be in the playoffs I mean that combine is eight weeks away free agency is coming up right after that the draft is coming up right after that you got to figure out who's calling the shots mm-hmm. you got to figure out if and when Steve is coming back I got to imagine I've said this before I will say it again
2: these final four games are almost irrelevant in terms of that decision Michael knows what he's gonna do now I don't know that for a fact because I don't speak to Michael. I can't imagine there's anything that is going to happen between now and what January eighth is when the season ends that will change the situation, that will alter the situation in any way, shape, or form. I, I just can't imagine whatever that decision is. It hasn't already been reached based off of the body of evidence we have so far. Speculation on my part. I don't know that for a fact. I just I just don't know what else by this point. What else? What what more? data do you need to acquire, right? If you're Mike, when it comes to making some sort of decision about what you're going to do, I think you've acquired all the data that you need to acquire on this,
0: I would think. I would agree with that. The only matter of fact now is, if you are going to make changes, who are you going to put in those seats? Right, right. Who, who, who are you going to go get? When we come back, the Phoenix
2: Suns are back in the wind column. So are we good with a question mark, or are we good with a period question mark that's next in the burns and gambo show
1: burns and gambo afternoons on arizona sports the local sports leader now covington at his pocket picked by chris paul from behind he
2: gets the loose ball dribbles it into the forecourt finds bridges cutting right side he'll lay it in and the foul but bridges gets knocked down but he makes the shot anyway he'll get a chance at a three-point play Sean Bloom with the call last night. Mikael Bridges, the bounce back game that he needed. The Suns, the bounce back game that they needed against the team that no Reggie Jackson, no Kawhi Leonard, no Paul George, no Zubats, no Norman Powell, no Luke Kennard. And I don't care. I don't care. I I mean, I I get it. It's it's part of the narrative and it's certainly when we value this win over others, we certainly factor that in. This team needed a win so bad. I don't care if they sat all of those guys. I really don't. And we can talk about, you know, whether they're all the way back or not, then it becomes very relevant who played and who played last night or who didn't play last night. But Tim, as far as I'm concerned, they just needed a win and whoever they got it against, however they got it, will take it. That's, that's where I stand.
0: No, just to get those good feelings back again, the winning endorphins, right? You know, the song that Mitchy Mitch was playing, bumping in there, it's called "I Ain't Worried About It." I'm still a little worried about it, <laughs> Burns. I'm that's still a little worried about a song, that's about the song it, Burns where they're eat. playing uh, two way football on the beach, football, right? Football, yeah. And Top Gun, yeah. That's what yeah. I thought. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The old, the first, no, yeah. The first one had the volleyball scene. This one had the the football. Had
2: scene. the football scene, yeah. With, has anybody ever actually played that version of football, by the way? Two-way football? two way football? Is that actually a thing, or is that just Tom it, Cruise's imagination? In the ocean, yeah, I've never like, seen Is that, that like anymore. how Tom Cruise imagines people play sports, or, or is that an actual thing, you know? I'm
1: pretty sure they were talking about it on, you know, the Rewatchables yes. podcast. Yeah, 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 they yeah. were talking about it like nobody actually knew how to play. They I were was just gonna, kind of I like chucking up football. I
2: going
0: to say, I don't think that's an actual thing, but, uh, you know. By the way, did you, do you ever hear the actors talk about that scene? So they shoot that scene, right? And they all know they got to take their shirts off. So they're all like starving themselves for like three weeks, living in the gym, not eating anything, eating lettuce and drinking water for like three weeks, living at the gym. They shoot the scene, and they're all finished with the scene, and they're so happy, and they're all eating tater tots, cheeseburgers, milkshakes, and then Tom Cruise looks at the dailies and says, like three or four days later... I don't like it. We got to reshoot it, and they're all like, "No, we've been living on Jack in the Box for four days. I don't want to do that again." Go, what do you mean we have to reshoot it? Not reshoot? I've got love handles again. <laughs> I cruise. Did, I do hear
2: that. Yeah, Tom. God, come on, Tom, killing me with this. Cruise. Um. Anyway, yes. Uh, no, I, I'm. I'm so worried too. Um. And I think we'll we'll we will very quickly find out. I'm assuming. I mean, when you look at the schedule over the next two or three weeks, okay, like what is real and what is not, and just how all the way back this team is. Um, Devin Booker still looked, I thought, pretty ragged last night. He had a good second quarter, but you know, really rough third quarter. You, you expect that he's missing a couple games because of a hamstring. I, I thought he, he shot ball what one for nine from three. Pretty ragged performance
0: from Book last night. He was six for twenty two. Yeah, it's very unbook like, um, but. Let's, he's been unbooked like for a while, even before the injury. I mean, he's been kind of going through a little bit. You wonder if he's not been 100% healthy. Right. Uh, since the scoring barrage, you know, that defined Booker's play before things kind of went south. You know, Chris Paul had 15 points, 13 assists. What I liked about Paul is even though he didn't shoot the ball great, Bernsey, something to keep an eye on with Paul last night. And I think, it was because they had a big lead, so we knew he had a little bit of wiggle room. Paul actually shot the ball. He aggressively looked for his shot, and he had a quick trigger, and when he had an open three, he shot the ball. Now He didn't make a bunch. I mean, he was two for six. But I like the fact that he was looking for his shot. So I think Chris Paul is now kind of showing some signs of coming out of that non-shooting cocoon that has defined him uh, in the early season. Mikkel Bridges came off of that god-awful shooting performance against the Rockets, uh, knocked down 27 last night. But again, that's kind of defining Mikkel Bridges these days offensively, feast or famine. It'd be nice to get a little more consistency out of him. And then Josh Okogie, my dude. That follow-up jam was that the second quarter or third quarter? Right, third quarter. The, the third s- the quarter. The springs. Yeah, that I mean, was. I think he had a steal or a block on one end that Booker missed a long jumper or a three, and Okogie came out of nowhere. Yeah, yeah. No, he's.
2: We, we, we've actually
0: maybe not a full
2: segment, but certainly a partial segment later in the show, dedicated strictly to Josh Kogie and what he's done over these last couple of weeks. But uh, because he's certainly earned that, I, I think it was Chris Paul's most. Comfortable game, maybe of even the year. I could go back and probably look in his game logs and find one where he was better statistically. In fact, I know I could. Um, but I thought in terms of his comfort within the offense, looking for his shot, distributing the basketball, score, I mean, all it, it just, it's the closest version to Chris that we've seen this year, I think. Like, like the, the, that doesn't mean he's gonna be that guy the rest of the year. And, and I mean, there's one thing that's become, I think, painfully obvious over the course of these last couple of weeks both with him and without him is that he you know he, can he still be the 1A on this team, right? And if you believe he can't, then the window for competition this year is probably closed on the Suns, if he's not capable of being the 1A to Booker's 1. Last night was the closest we've seen to vintage Suns Chris Paul all year, and that gives me at least hope that he can somewhat start to rediscover that version of himself, because without that version of himself, I'm sorry, you bring up Mattel's lack of consistency, I just can't count on him enough as much as I want to, you know. You and I have had lots of conversations about Mikel Bridges. It just doesn't seem like consistently he can reach that level enough to be the one A to Booker's one every single night.
0: No, and Ayton's in the same boat. Aiton's in the same boat. Bridges and Ayton are great C guys, yes. right? In terms of your ABC, they're great C guys, and that at any given night they get you 30, but the next night they'll give you eight, and that's that. that's real dangerous. When, when you're looking for them to be your B guys, mm-hmm. that's not good enough to play at an elite level. I t- I, we sat here two weeks and we talked about Chris Paul. I talked about him. When you're 23, 24, you can take a few games off or you can take a month off and you can kind of come back and you can get going right away. Chris Paul, it's going to take some time. Yep. He's got to get in physical shape and, and, and more so, you got to get in rhythm. you got to get in rhythm with your shot. you got to get in rhythm with your flow to the game and the only way you get that is by playing and it's going to come and it's going to start it's going to get better and better as long as he stays healthy yeah and he gets in better physical shape the rhythm's going to come the shot's going to come you're going to find him more confident in shooting the basketball and again I saw it last night even though we he didn't shoot it great the fact is he was shooting it and I kind of smiled to myself I'm like okay He's starting to feel it again. He's starting to feel a little more comfortable pulling the trigger on a jumper when he gets a good look instead of passing it off or maybe shot-faking it and taking it to the basket. He's pulling the trigger on a jumper, and I like that. That's been the hardest part about his season to watch this year. I mean, when he's been out there is that how
2: infrequently he looks to actually shoot the basketball doesn't want it she didn't, right, want, like it he just shoot didn't it. want to shoot it you know and, and by the way you should note you know not for nothing as gambo would say chris paul uh, congratulations to chris he graduated from college today uh from winston
0: winston Salem I Win- believe. Well, yeah right?
2: winston Salem a, yeah. a small historically black college in winston Salem not not Wake Forest where he went but this smaller so congratulations to him he got his degree uh gave every student there what was it 2020 20- 20- Five hundred dollars. Hundred dollars. Can you imagine getting that as a grad gift from Chris Paul? Can you imagine being somebody who graduates next year's class or last year's class? You're like, damn. Did he
0: put it like in a card? Does everybody put like a card? <laughs> Does he know. write like, you know, Dear Gregory, congratulations <laughs> on your graduation from, oh, it's Win- yeah, Winston-Salem State University. Okay, Winston Sa- Thank you. Winston-Salem Congratulations. Salem State. Good luck to you and all your endeavors. Sincerely, Christopher Paul. <laughs> Please enjoy this check of $2,500. I don't know. It's great, though. If I were a junior there, I'd be so mad. I'd be like, man, why couldn't I
2: have, you know. And my mom, my mom and dad would be like, if you had just taken 18 18- credits, credits a year like we told you to. You had graduated now and you got $2,500 from Chris Paul. But no, you had to do the slow ride. You had to take your time with college. Way to go. Just got yourself
0: $2,500. By the way, something to think about before we hit the break. Yeah. Torrey Craig and Josh Akogi are really similar players. They play the exact same kind of energy style, doing all the little things. They also look like they could be brothers. Have you noticed this, Bernsley? They both kind of, they physically resemble each other. They Mm -hmm. both wear the big white Headbands. Now that you mention it, yeah. yeah so to me, I, 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 they need a nickname. So, we're going to think about that for a little bit. I think maybe the Hustle Brothers. But also, since Craig is a lot bigger than Okogi and they play the same position and they got the way, I think, how about Dr. Evil and Mini Me? They kind of, they kind of have like that <laughs> Dr. Evil that vibe and, a little bit. They got yeah. the Dr. Evil and Mini Me <laughs> vibe vibe going. Tori Craig and Josh Okogie out there. Texas, your thoughts. To get that in there, the fa-
2: you got it. Texas, <laughs> your thoughts on the FanDuel text line six twenty six twenty. When we uh, get ready for Backup Quarterback Bowl 2, Electric Boogaloo. That's, that's it that was a convoluted one we've got news regarding the cardinals broncos and it's coming up next on the burns and gambo show
0: the Burns and Gambo need to know.
2: Twitter poll presented by Sanderson Ford. On his birthday, Mitch is teaching somebody how to run the board. Good job. I like it. He's a giver. He is a giver. He doesn't, he doesn't want to He's do it on his birthday. So He's a teacher. I ain't working
1: today. I'm going to find ways around it.
2: <laughs> He's teaching Cam how to run the board. There. No like different it. than everyday, Mitch. All right, all right. Exactly. Just coast on into your weekend, Mitch. Coast away. But you are working today. You're here. Yeah, I, I see you. Yeah.
0: Behind. Behind the glass,
2: Mitch. Physically there. Eating those nothing bunt cake cupcakes for your birthday. Enjoy. Uh, Eric is here. He's working hard. He's got our Twitter poll question today. We've got a couple of them, I think. Are we we rolling, do have two are we out Are rolling both there. out or are we just going Cardinal-centric here? We,
1: we, can, we can throw both out there, but we'll go real quick. First one, because it is our Friday staple. We just had to shift it to the Suns because we're not going to do Cardinals-Broncos. Tomorrow, the Suns play the Pelicans. Who wins and by how much? We've
2: been doing this all year on a football. Friday for the Cardinals. There's really no reason now, so we've shifted it to the Suns, since this apparently is a rivalry between the Suns and the Pelicans. How are we defining a lot in this equation So you've got
1: two options for either team. It's Suns win by 10 or fewer, Suns win by more than 10, and then the same options for the Pelicans. This has turned into a real
2: fun rivalry. It wasn't so fun last weekend when the Pelicans handed it to him and when Zion Williamson had like a 1,000 points in the paint against him in two games. And it's a rivalry kind of that who saw coming? Oh, no! right? 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 All, Jose Alvarado versus CP3. We don't know if Jose Alvarado's
0: going to play, but yeah, who saw this coming, right? I mean, I thought they were just kind of a stepping stone on the way to the conference finals last year and suddenly now yeah, we've got a rival and make no mistake. We do. We do. Suns by a little. Who enough for Suns by a little? I'm going to go Suns by a little. A little too. I think, I think manhood has been tested with those two games. I think the Suns answer the bell. All right. Tomorrow. You guys
1: rolling with the majority here. 40.6% thinking the Suns pull out a close one, win by 10 or fewer. In second place, it's Pels win by 10 or fewer, but dropping all the way down to 23%. In second place, Suns win by 10 or more, 19.3%, and Pels win by over 10 is 17%. So add it all up, it's a 60-40 split for the Suns. Okay. So, Second one. No Kyler, no Russ. How many combined offensive touchdowns are scored on Sunday? Zero, one, two, or three plus?
0: Three plus. Two by the Broncos, one by the Cardinals. Maybe three by the Broncos. Three
2: plus you think the Broncos are going to score three offensive touchdowns I, on Sunday? I, I don't know if the Cardinals defense is going to provide, even with Brett Rippon at quarterback, which we'll get to in a minute. I'll go, I'm going to go with Tim on this one, three plus.
1: This one not leading the way. In fact, leading the way is two touchdowns, 41.9%. In second place is not three plus. It's one touchdown at 23%. Close behind at 22% is three plus. 12% think it's a big fat zero. I'm sorry, is only the Broncos offense allowed to score a touchdown on Sunday? Am I missing something? (laughs) No, but you just said you think the Broncos are going to score three offensive touchdowns? The team that hasn't scored like 19 points once this season? Is it Bronco touchdowns or offensive Uh, offensive touchdowns? Combined Combined offensive
0: offensive offensive touchdowns. touchdowns. Oh, so a defensive Defensive touchdown touchdown doesn't doesn't count. 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 Okay, I'll still stick with three. There you go. That's
2: the poll question. The two poll questions. You can find them on the Burns and Gambo Twitter page. Here is Nathaniel Hackett today. The head coach of the Denver Broncos, uh, Russell Wilson, has been cleared but will not play on Sunday. Wilson has passed the concussion protocol. Uh, with that being said, as an organization, we've decided to give him another week to get ready and he'll, so he's ready to go for the Los Angeles Rams. Uh, Russ is uh, one of our ultimate competitors in this game. He's unbelievable. Uh, we informed him of the decision. He's not happy with it. He wants to be out there and play. He's very, very uh, competitive as we all know and wants to compete for this team and be out there. And We as an organization, after discussing and talking throughout this entire week have decided it's best for our organization uh, it's best for uh, Russell and we talked about this from top all the way to the bottom.
0: Brett Rippin versus Colt McCoy Yeah, on Sunday I don't quite get that if he's been cleared and he wants to play why not play him and they don't own their first round draft pick anyway no. you're paying them all this money you got fans paying a lot of money for tickets. I mean, I guess the abundance of caution, but th- that's but the phrase that's popping around in it, my
2: head. Is it just abundance of caution? But, it, it, but,
0: but if you've been medically cleared, yeah. you've been medically it, cleared. It, is that Tua residue from
2: earlier this season? Is that is that is that are teams gonna be? what Was I reading a story? Um, Tua didn't even who, have Tua residue. Who was the who was the um, Last night, Shavarius Ward of the 49ers, I think, left the game yep. and passed concussion protocol in the middle of the game. And, and Kyle Shanahan said, I just talked to him and there was something not right about him, so I just didn't put him back out there. I didn't want him to. It, it seems like because the a thing was so badly botched and so badly mishandled, it feels like when it comes to concussions that the abundance of caution card is going to get. I could be wrong, but it feels like the tone of that conversation has really shifted in the two months since Tua went out there, was wobbling all around, he starts playing the next game, and then he's out with the... I I think that's probably the reason, but that's just a guess.
0: I get it, but then that's why why you have the medical team to clear clear or to not clear, not for coaches to step in and make those... Decisions, but I—I I, 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 I digress. I, I, I understand. Mean, I understand. So the, maybe the fact the game is utterly meaningless. Well, that's and that's and they're protecting their investment. I, I, and and that's.
2: Not only is it utterly meaningless for the... I mean, it's it's utterly meaningless for the Broncos. They don't even get the benefit of the draft pick from being that bad. They traded it to Seattle. Right now, it's the number 2 pick overall in the draft. The season ended today. That's how bad it is. So so for them, it truly is. It makes no matter. And honestly, for Nathaniel Hackett, it probably makes no matter. Because I, I can't imagine he's going to be the coach of that team next year. Unless I'm really misreading the putt. It seems like Denver's on its way to making him the latest member of the one-and-done club when it comes to coaching and. The
0: NFL? I would say that would be a pretty good guess. All the more reason for Hackett to put Wilson out there <laughs> trying to win a football game. Right. Maybe save your job. <laughs> yeah, you but, know, it's funny. The Broncos actually have a pretty good defense, they they, do. They, they they are statistically among the best in the National Football League. And a laundry list of categories. Yeah, I, I think that's why the poll question today because it's it's Brett now it's Brett Ripon versus
2: Colt McCoy. Denver's defense—they're ballers. They get after it, and and the the pressure they put on the quarterback. I mean that that patchwork offensive line that we've seen the last few weeks out of the Cardinals. Man, they're going to be up against it this week again. Colt McCoy is going to have to throw the ball in one point five seconds just to stay alive back there. So I mean, if you if dink and dunk offenses, and that's and that's. Ultimately, big picture with this game, man. There's been so much other stuff going on with the Cardinals. It's almost like this. Oh yeah, there's a game this Sunday, right? Like, it, like, oh, oh yeah, that's right. They they have a game on Sunday, and we're gonna watch a game on Sunday. And how much you watch? it it's it's, it's a when you've got this many games left in the season, and everything has gone so sideways, and you've got all this off the field drama like the Cardinals do, the game becomes. Secondary. I mean, even further down the line than that, really.
0: You know, the Broncos were an old AFL team, so this series goes back just about 50 years, 1973. When you look back, Bernsey, what's your favorite Cardinal win in Denver? Even going back to the old Mile High Stadium days, what's your favorite Cardinal win in Denver? <laughs> this feels like a trick question. It is a trick I question. They've never won because they've ne- tricked. They've never won there because they've never won there. They've never won in Denver ever. They've never won in Denver. They've never won a game in they've Denver. They've never won a game in Denver ever.
2: I'll take random facts I didn't know for five hundred, please. Is that? Mitch is a Broncos fan. He's giving me the thumbs up. I, think I saw never, the
0: status five and zero. The yeah, things it, I only, learned doing they, my own radio to show. Be, to be fair to the Cardinals, it's not like they're 0-40. They've only played five games there, and they are 0-5. And, and how about this? They've only beaten the Broncos one time in history, and it was the JJ Feele game. Twenty-five to three. Now it seems odd because they play the Broncos so much in in, in preseason. Do you have this illusion almost that they play the Broncos all the time? <laughs> They've only actually played the Broncos eleven times. That's right. And the Broncos are nine one and one. The Cardinals have never won a game in Colorado. Wow. Well, I know this. In Denver. Draft positioning
2: is honestly probably the biggest thing that's on the line in this game because this is right
0: now as well, it stands number two versus number six. Aren't we kind of at that point? Oh, yeah. and, and, I mean, I, I know oh, that yeah. you'll never get the guys at the facility in that locker room to, to even go there or no. clip to go there, but are, are, aren't Cardinal fans at this point kind of in unison, kind of unanimously like, give me the draft pick at this yeah, point? Yeah, you know
2: what? Uh, Gambo and I have had many, many conversations about this, and I and I don't know if you'll yell at me about this the way he yells at me about this, but I'll go ahead and say it anyway. I cannot actively root for that outcome for three hours on a Sunday afternoon, but to accept it as the best possible outcome is exactly where I'm at right now. Like, if we get to Sunday afternoon, 5 o'clock in the the evening, and they've lost that game, I will accept that as the best possible outcome. I'm not going to root for the Broncos for three hours, you know? It's actually a great place to be. You can't lose, I can't lose, you know? I'll just watch the game, and all right, my team lost, but you know what? They actually won. So I'm good with it, you know? Right. So it's, I, it's I, like when I, you it's like when you bet against your team, you can't lose. Right. I can't root for them to lose. It's just, that's <laughs> uh, just like goes against the DNA in your, in your sports culture, right? You just can't do it. But will I accept that losing is the best outcome? Oh, hell yeah. Oh, absolutely. I will accept that as the best possible. Outcome. Give me the no pick, doubt. baby. The San Francisco 49ers locked up the NFC West last night for us here in Arizona. That's a small part of what has become a much, bigger story. We'll talk about that coming up. Burns and Gambo, Tim Ring, filling in.
0: Football Friday with Burns and Gambo. Let's go! Presented by 72 Sold Arizona Sports. The local sports leader. 30. Great protection and wide open is Kittle. Roaming free. Diggs can't take him down. Nobody else can, and it's a touchdown.
2: 54 yards. Al Michaels last night, Thursday Night Football from Amazon Prime Video. The 49ers, backup quarterback, no big deal. Beat Seattle 21-13, clinch the NFC West. They've won their seventh straight game. It led Ryan Clark today on, I think it was on Get Up on ESPN. Tim Ring filling in for Gambo today to make this bold proclamation about one Brock
1: Purdy. When we talk about what's really getting down to winning football games is what the San Francisco 49ers have. They have not just a good defense, but a dominant defense. Skill players all around the field, starting with Christian McCaffrey on offense, going to George Kittle, Brandon Ayuk, Debo Samuel when he returns. And you have the best quarterback play that this team has gotten all year. Yeah, it's better than what we saw from Trey Lance. It's better than what we saw from Jimmy G. Brock Purdy is the best player that's played that position for this team the entire season, and that's why he has this team rolling and primed for an NFC Championship matchup against the Philadelphia Eagles. Trey Lance bar wasn't a
2: very easy, wasn't a very hard one to clear. Jimmy Garoppolo played pretty well so far this
0: year. I, I thought he was going to say <laughs> he was rolling there, Ryan Clark was. Uh, I he was going to say Brock Purdy is the Best quarterback they've had playing there since Joe Montana. I mean, he was on a roll there. <laughs> he was. Coming. I mean, I, I thought that was. I thought Don't that stop was, him.
2: He's on a roll. Right. Right. Yeah. <laughs> I thought that was coming next. Um, I mean, no, but he, he claims <laughs> that he's playing better than Jimmy Garoppolo. Brock Purdy's been terrific. And uh, look, he has on been. more than one of the morning shows today. You know, Good Morning Football, ESPN. I mean, there's some talk about can you actually win a Super Bowl when you're rolling your third string quarterback out there? Because technically, that's what he is. There's there that. That talk is out there. Can you win a Super Bowl with your third
1: string
0: guy? Well not only that, Burnsy, he's a third string quarterback who's a rookie. Yeah. Mr. Irrelevance. I mean there's a there's a I mean, yeah, he's almost an undrafted free agent rookie. He's like the last guy picked. I mean, so there's there's that as well. I guess if any team could do it, it would be a team built like the 49ers with with that defense and obviously a great running game and great wide receivers and a fantastic tight end and a team that doesn't say, hey, quarterback, you go out there and win us the game. Right. But, but just don't, just listen, we're going we, we got a great play caller. You got great guys around you. Just don't go out there and be an idiot. Hand the ball off but it's pump, pump fake getting thrown to this guy who's wide open. <laughs> well, that's the classic <laughs> Kyle Shanahan
2: play, right? Pump fake left, pump fake right, throw it to Kittle in the end zone. That's a Kyle Shanahan play. But Don't at some point for January football, isn't Brock Purdy going to have to win them a game? Like, like the, aren't you going to— All right, well,
0: that's going to be required of him at some point, isn't it? Okay, well, that's that's a great conversation. So this was before last night. When he went on the road, it's never easy to play in Seattle, and he he, he passed that test. Uh-huh. It's one thing to play at home, and you beat a Buccaneer team that has all kinds of problems. But, but okay, you go on the road and you win that Seattle game. You know, the talk was, if, if Purdy wins a playoff game— also let's say you got the NFC championship game in Philadelphia okay and all of a sudden Jimmy Garoppolo's healthy <laughs> how about how what about, do you do hot shot well how about what do you do how about how about that dilemma you got a guy who's won you I don't know what it would be seven games in a row who's playing pretty well in uh-huh. Brock Purdy uh-huh. or you got a guy who has... Let's look at Garoppolo's resume. A guy who's been in the league for, you know, whatever, close to 10 years, who's played for Bill Belichick, who's gone to Lambeau Field and beaten Aaron Rodgers in the playoffs, Mm -hmm. a guy who's won an NFC championship game, Mm -hmm. a guy who was quarterbacked in the Super Bowl, so a guy who's played in these high-leverage situations away from home. So you're going on the road to Philadelphia in the cold in the NFC championship game, Like, would you go back to Garoppolo, or would you stick with the hot hand the rookie third string quarterback and Brock Purdy. I mean, look, that would be one hell of a dilemma. It, would it sure not? would
2: Yeah, it would be. And, and it's such a cop-out answer, but doesn't so much of that depend on what Purdy does before? I mean, there's what he's already done, but there's what he has yet to do. Right. And I think that that answer depends on the gray area of what he has yet to do. Like, if they're dominating teams and he's playing really well, it's him. I mean, it's, it, you ride the hot hand. You, go, you, you
0: have you, to. You, you roll with the hot shooter. You have to. But if they're winning in spite of
2: him. If they're winning in spite of him. If he's turning the ball over. If they're winning a bunch of close games and you can tell the cracks in the foundation are starting to show, it's easy. You make the switch to Jimmy Garoppolo. Yeah. But if he's, if he's the hot shooter at the craps table, you ride the hot shooter at the craps table. You just do it if you're What if Francisco? it's right in the middle? You know, then it becomes, then it becomes right. that whole Dennis Hopper speed. What do you do? What do you do? Right. What if it's right in the middle? Yeah, I don't that, know. That, that, that's what's going to be interesting. That but movie I, was on last night, by the way. I was flipping between that back and forth. Speed with oh. Keanu Reeves, and uh, sorry, totally not for nothing, as Gambo would say. That movie still absolutely rocks. I'm sorry. Go ahead. Finish your thought. You please. and the Wildcat. <laughs> <laughs> you know, it's a movie when Keanu goes. Yeah, they've got a really good football team. Really? <laughs> that's, that's right. They're right. You know, not a real yeah. good basketball team, but a real good football team. I mean, the movie came out in the mid-90s, and he's complimenting Sandra Bullock because U of A football has a real good football team. No, no, Keanu, they don't. They have a real good basketball team. But never mind. Not for nothing. That's not the point. You were going to make a good one, I'm sure.
0: Good football team. (laughs) Whoa. (laughs) I love that movie, though. That movie's still so good. It's still really, really good. Um, Don't you love the job that John Lynch has done with the 49ers, though? I mean, the, the, the aggressiveness with... I mean, listen, on the offensive line, they go, you go out and you get a Christian McCaffrey and like, even the aggressiveness for Trey Lance, which may have been a total miss at the end of the day, but he still went out there and did it. This yeah. guy's constantly looking to build his team and build it with great players and going out there and put a Super Bowl caliber team out there. And it's just, it, 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 they're a joy to watch. I mean, you hate it because they're in the Cardinals division, but th- this is an organization that just seems to make the right moves, even if the moves sometimes don't work out, they're, they're, the, they're still the right aggressive yeah. moves
2: to try to build the Super Bowl championship. No doubt about it. When we come back, a new rivalry is brewing here in the Valley, all the way down to the Big Easy, and it gets center stage
1: for the last time, maybe tomorrow. That's next on the Burns and Gambo Show.